Welcome to the Enlightening Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Hamblin. And I'm your co-host, Ashley Schultz. As moms who are currently in the thick of raising kids with big emotions, we know firsthand how challenging their intense behaviors can be. And that a little support can go a long way. This is a non-judgmental community that was created for you or any mom who's feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, or stressed. Each week, either Emily or I will share our experiences, offer practical tips, and interview experts in the field so you can be empowered to help your children with their challenges. Join us as we help you enlighten motherhood. Hello, everyone. This is Emily. I am so, 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 so excited to finally share with you some news that I have been keeping under wraps for quite a while. This week, you can officially start to sign up for the Raising Emotionally Healthy Families Summit. Now, this is a summit that I'm hosting, and I have handpicked some of the top parenting experts from around the world. There are 30 experts that have all been interviewed and are sharing different perspectives, tools, and strategies to help you in raising an emotionally healthy family and helping you get more of these tools for helping your children with their emotional regulation so that they can have a brighter future. It is free to register. Make sure you hop on over and do that at emotionallyhealthyfamilies.com. The link is in the show notes. If you're on my email list, you should have received an email with the link. And um, if you missed it, I'll send out a couple more. I just don't want you to miss the event. Now, if you're listening to this podcast later, like beyond August of 2023, totally fine. Go ahead and head over to emotionallyhealthyfamilies.com and see if I don't have some of the replays or other resources available for you. But for... Those of you that can attend live, the live event is going to be free. And so I highly recommend it for you. Um, I have a Facebook group that we have started out, Raising Emotionally Healthy Families. You can go ahead and find that. Join us in there. Join the discussion. I have lots of amazing prizes that I'm I'm planning to hand out and just make it this incredible event where we can all uplift and support each other together. And I'm so excited for it. Now, there is one thing that you might notice as you're going through the summit that I wanted to talk to you about today. Um, And that is that with 30 different experts, sometimes their advice might seem contradictory. And it might be confusing because maybe one expert will say, for example, um, we have several experts who are amazing and they give such great tips and takeaways and perspectives in their interviews. And they say that your feelings or your emotions come from your thoughts. And we have some other experts who say your feelings or emotions come from your body. And there are others who say it's all a sensory experience. They come from your eight senses. And um, sometimes we can get into this all or nothing, like black and white thinking where we think, okay, apparently one of these interviews is right and one of them is wrong, right? Because we might think that they have um, different perspectives and so one must be right and one must be wrong. Here is what I'm going to encourage you to do, not just with this summit. The summit's just an example. But I'm going to encourage you to do in general with like all of the 
massive amounts of parenting advice that you receive. And that is that you can consider what they're telling you. You can consider the strategies. You can consider the information. You might even test it out, but you can remind yourself that you ultimately get to pick and choose what works for you. Have you ever had an experience? I'm going into some examples and analogies because as you know, I really love them. They help us to understand things deeper and to um, make the takeaways stronger. Now, have you ever heard friends raving about a movie? There's a new movie that's come out. You haven't seen it yet. You hear friends saying, oh my goodness, it's amazing. It's incredible. You have to go see it. It is so wonderful. And so you go and you see the movie and you kind of go, well, it was fine. It just wasn't as spectacular as everyone was saying. Or maybe you even go and see it and you think, I did not like that at all. Why did all of my friends say that they loved it? Um, it's okay. You're, there are a lot of reasons why your friends were saying that they love it. And first of all, you probably thought that all of your friends were saying that you loved it. But really, if you sat down and made a list of all of your friends, it was probably just a small portion of them saying that they loved it. The ones that didn't just weren't being very vocal about it. So that's one thing. There's also another thing. Maybe I remember when <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite came out. I think I was in high school or early years of college. This was like a while ago when that movie came out. And I went to the movie theater to see it with friends. And I thought it was hilarious. And I was laughing my head off at like some parts that I watched it later by myself. I was like, oh, I should rewatch that movie. It was so fun. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this is so dumb. <laughs> like, what was I thinking? And I think part of it was the experience. I enjoyed the movie because it was this experience with friends. And so I had all of these different emotions and different thoughts going on as I was watching the same movie that made the experience just different for my um what ended up happening with my emotions towards it, right? And my thoughts towards it and how it fit into my life at that point in time. Um, we could say the same thing with shoes. Like if you've ever bought shoes online, maybe you've read a ton of reviews, maybe you have a high arch and wide feet. And so you're looking for high arch wide feet shoes and you read a bunch of reviews and you think these are great. Everyone in the reviews are saying, I have a high arch and wide feet and these should be the perfect shoes for me. And so you buy them and they come in the mail and you put them on and they're just so uncomfortable, right? It's because your feet are different from their feet and you might have a lot of similarities and maybe you try them on and they're amazing and you're like, yes, finally, I found a pair of shoes that work for my feet. Or maybe you try them on and you're like, oh, so apparently there's something else with my feet that's different. Maybe I'm not aware of exactly how they're different yet. And that's okay. I just know that these shoes don't work. Now, can you see how this might translate into parenting? I especially like the shoes analogy here. Um, there might be tips sometimes, and I will probably do a podcast episode sometime on popular parenting advice that has not worked for me and my kids. Um, but I often hear parenting advice, and we all do. And I have clients come to me and say, oh, I just heard on, uh, what was it that we were talking about in our group coaching last week? One mama came on the call and she said, I'm just really struggling because I know I'm not supposed to threaten my kids and I'm not supposed to give them consequences and it's going to be bad for them if I do. But when there's a toy on the floor and they don't pick it up, I just think that I should pick it up and put it into a timeout box. And I, I feel so guilty for wanting to use that tool. And we kind of broke it down. And I, I said, well, 
Tell me how that's a, a threat. Like, are we saying, if you don't pick that up ever, then I'm going to put it in timeout and we're causing them to feel that they're not safe and maybe there's some danger in the home? All right, sorry for that scary voice if you have kids listening. <laughs> like, if we're talking like that to them, then maybe we could say it's a threat. And, um, or are we just explaining to them one of the rules of how our house works? Hey, if you're going to leave your toys on the floor, it shows me that we maybe don't need to have them out. And so it's going to go in a little timeout box for a few days and then we'll pull it out later and see if we still care about the toy or not. And I'm not saying, by the way, you need to use that tactic. I was just opening up this mama's eyes to the fact that just because somebody on social media said that you shouldn't give if then statements to a child or you're threatening them and that's bad, or that if you give your child consequences, that this is a horrible thing for them. Um, yes, I am going to extremes in my language. Most people on social media are probably not speaking that strongly, but those are sometimes the thoughts and takeaways that we have from messages on there. Um, I think sometimes we can consider the perspective and then we can take away what works for us. So I remember one parenting expert that really, really popular one, and this was even before I was a mom coach that said, um, imagine your child is playing with toy cars and they pick up a car and they throw it at your head. Um, what you, this is what this expert said. This expert said, you do not want to say, if you throw a car at my head again, I'm going to put the cars up in my closet and we'll try to play with them again tomorrow. The expert said, you don't want to say that because that's a threat. You want to just say, don't throw cars at my head. And when they do it again, you want to just take them away. And I was mind blown and not in a, not in a helpful way because I know, I know for sure that my children who have a lot of difficulty with uncertainty, who have prediction errors, who when they have unmet expectations, they tend to melt down. It's really a hard thing for them that they love rules. They love, love knowing what to expect. If I just out of the blue start to take their cars away, even if I said, don't throw the car in my head. And then I take them away and say, oh, you threw the car at my head. Time to take them away. They would be like, I had no idea that throwing the car at your head would mean I would lose my toys. And this might work for some families, but for my kids, what this would do is it would set them on edge. What else am I going to do that's going to make my mom behave in an unpredictable manner? What else is going to happen that's going to cause me to feel unsafe and unstable in this family? Like it is a horrible idea for my family. For the expert that was posting, it probably worked great for her family. Maybe for that particular child, if you say, hey, if you throw that at my head again, and they're going to go up high, maybe that particular child does feel threatened when you say things like that. And so it's not a good idea for that child. Maybe that sends them into fight or flight, that they do a lot better with you just having that boundary when they don't do what you say, that they get a consequence, that they didn't know what the consequence would be, but they get that consequence. And um, maybe, right? But for my family, those shoes don't fit my feet well. And even if that was, I don't remember if it was um, intended for children that are emotionally intense. I didn't know at the time that my children are neurodiverse. So there is some additional stuff going in there with autism and with ADHD, but it doesn't really matter. I just knew that that advice was not a good fit for me and for my children, All right? And so it's okay to learn from different perspectives. It's okay when there are a lot of perspectives that aren't all 100% in agreement with each other and everyone's not saying the same thing. This is actually a wonderful opportunity 
for us to be able to pick and to choose what is going to work for us. I was recently on my friend and colleague's podcast. Her name's Emily too, Emily Wardrop. And we were talking about this, like, it's like this buffet. And um, if you don't like the avocado, don't put the avocado on your plate, right? You are going to be offered a lot of parenting advice throughout your whole life. You're going to be offered a lot of advice in general. And you can choose, right? You can choose. And maybe you want to try it. Maybe that guacamole looks better than the last time you tried guacamole. So you're going to put some on your plate and try it. And maybe you're going to love it. And it's going to be an amazing fit for your family. Or maybe you try it out and it's like a crash and burn and you know to never, ever do that again. Right? So it's okay to try out things. But remember that when like the scripts or the tactics or the tools don't work, you don't have to throw out everything that that person says. For example, if you've tried... Um, I always have a lot of ideas for different things that might work. And I tell clients, we're going to just experiment with this tool. This tool is probably going to help a lot, but it might not, or it might help for a season of time and then stop working. And then we need a new tool. And all of that is okay. It's okay. It doesn't mean that that tool is bad. It doesn't mean that that strategy is a horrible strategy. It might just mean that it's not the right fit for you and that those shoes are going to be great for somebody else with a high arch and wide deep. But for you, you're gonna keep looking for a different pair of shoes. Does this make sense to you? Parenting is not a one size fits all experience. Parenting is not um, everybody having the exact same script and the exact same manual. And if you do A, B, C, then D, E, F will happen. If it did, we would be having a very different experience in our lives. That's not how it is. Um, So just remember, as you go through um, this, hopefully you can join us in this summit. And even if you're not joining us in this summit, just remember in general that it is okay to choose what parenting advice works for you. Um, Whenever somebody recommends any type of corporal punishment for my children, if it's like putting them in an ice cold tub of water when they're melting down. Um, You know, I can just know that that's probably not something that feels good to me to do. Locking them in a dark closet for half an hour because they said a a naughty word. Like those don't feel good to me. I can already tell that they're not good fits. I I just don't want to have those in my family. I don't want to have those in my home. And in fact, I had... I remember that there was one parent before I had kids and it was, it was someone that I I really trust a lot, a really great person, really good parent. And, um, he kept insisting that his children didn't throw fits because the first time that they ever threw a fit in their life, he went and got an ice cold cup of water and splashed it in their face. And that taught them to not throw fits. And I always had the idea before I had kids that I would do the same thing. Um, That kind of mindset, though, has been a horrible fit for my family. Um, When my children are melting down, they are feeling threatened and they're feeling in survival. And I remember this was years ago. This is like one of the lowest lows. Like when I think of big mistakes that I made in parenting, this is one of them. And I 
part of me is like, why are you sharing this publicly? But I'm just going to tell you because um, I really think there's a lot of you that will be able to relate to similar times. I had a kid that would just not stop exploding any this child was just being so explosive and screaming and physically aggressive. And so I, I could still pick up the child. Um, it was at an age where I could pick them up. And so I picked them up and I put them in the shower and I turned on the cold water and I sprayed the cold water in their face until they stopped screaming at me. And this wasn't dangerous. I don't think this would be considered corporal punishment. And this was so long ago, but um, the child did stop screaming. But what happened when I turned off the water and the child stopped screaming and I was feeling a little bit satisfied, like, yes, finally, I got this kid to stop melting down. The child wiped the water from their eyes and looked at me and said, friends don't do that to each other. And it broke my heart because I realized at that moment that, yes, I had stopped the meltdown, but I had worsened our relationship. I was not teaching my child respect. I was not teaching my child emotional regulation. I was not teaching my child much except to be afraid of their mother. And so I apologized to that child. And I've never done that since. Um, I go for tactics that are not just focused on controlling their behavior and just ending that meltdown or the screaming or whatever, but to meet my child where they're at, to try to figure out why are they melting down in the first place? What's going on here? What do they need? What, what are they communicating through their behavior? And then to try to build them up with skills to regulate their emotions because teaching them to be afraid of mom, that if I scream at mom, then she's going to punish me to the point where I'm afraid of her doesn't actually help them learn emotional regulation. It teaches them to hide away from mom, maybe when they're feeling angry, but there are much more healthy ways to teach those emotions. So you may have had similar times in your parenting where you tried out advice from someone else and it didn't work and you feel horrible. Thank goodness for repair. And I get into this more in the summit of um, my interview with Mona Delahook, one of my very favorite authors and one of my very favorite parenting books um, of one of my very favorite parenting books, Brain Body Parenting. Um, she and I have a conversation of two really similar experiences where my children were fighting and they ended up physically hurting each other. And I had two very different reactions, but the time where I overreacted and screamed ended with repair. I am so grateful that we are human. And that we have these human children. And yes, we are going to make mistakes. And so are our children. And that is one tool that I, I think is a universal tool for all parents. You know, so I'm sitting here saying, pick and choose your tool. But repair is kind of like every single human being needs to drink water. <laughs> I feel like every single parent needs to have repair. Repair is effective apology and making things right when you do mess up. It's not placing the blame on your child. It's not trying to justify something that you did that you know was not a good idea and that didn't end well and that you shouldn't do again. It's being humble and being willing to change and being willing to continue growing and letting your child know that you messed up in it. You don't need to blame it them for your actions, right? So anyways, takeaways from this episode. 
parenting advice is like shoes. Some is going to fit really well and some isn't. Right? There is some advice that's pretty universal. Like I don't think parents would benefit from corporal punishment to their children. I do believe that tools that encourage a good relationship with your child are going to have a longer lasting lifelong benefits than tools that are driving a wedge between you and your child. Repair when we make mistakes is amazing. We are going to make mistakes and that's okay. Self-compassion is always going to give us faster and stronger growth than mom guilt. And focusing on this progress that we can be making is going to benefit us in the long run. I also do believe we have, um, we have an interview on this on You Are a Good Mom. Um, it's a great one. You, you, can, you should go and listen to it, talking about how when we believe that we are a good mom, even when we mess up, that we're just inherently good, that it is going to benefit us in the long run instead of thinking that we're a horrible mom. I'm a good mom that's having a hard time. I'm a good mom that made a mistake. My child is a good kid that made a mistake. My child is a good kid that's having a hard time. Some of those things are universal, but then when we get into more specific tools to handle different situations and mindsets and things like that, you can try out the different perspectives, try on the different shoes and choose what works for you. And that's something that can help guide you in your social media, in your Google searches, even in reading professionally published books and talking to other moms and getting parenting advice from your parents, from your in-laws, from your great aunt, from whoever, right? Um, it doesn't mean it's bad advice. It doesn't mean that they don't know what they're talking about. It just might mean that that advice doesn't fit you and your kid and your family. And that's okay. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing week. If you are looking for access to exclusive interviews, invaluable tools, and more than 28 different parenting perspectives, from some of the top experts and influencers in the world, then you do not want to miss the Raising Emotionally Healthy Families Summit, where 30 plus experts are coming together to each offer their unique perspective to empower you on your parenting journey. We are focusing on helping you learn different tools and strategies for emotional regulation for children and parents so that your child can have a brighter future. Come register for free at emotionallyhealthyfamilies.com. And of course, that link is in the show notes.